0: Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another, what I hope to be, exciting Minecraft discussion. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am thrilled to be here today to talk about conscious acts of kindness, while at the same time, focusing on the little things. And what's, um <clears throat> well, I'm partially inspired by Richard, Richard Carlson, partially just inspired by my Minecrafters, because we're doing that this week, actually, and... Uh, Monday, we talked about by Thursday, they, you know, have got to do one conscious act of kindness, preferably with somebody they don't know, and then they're going to, then we are going to share it. So this is what I'm talking about today is focusing on the small things. So <clears throat> Richard Carlson is, is the the author of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series, and there's a whole bunch of them, little books that have, you know, lots of wisdom in them, about a page and a half, and that's kind of my speed when I'm trying to read something just for the day, you, you know, it, it's... And also I've talked about Sarah Bond-Bredneck with her simple abundance. A page and a half is probably what most of us can really do when we're trying to get out the door for work, right? But it's just so important to, to for me to fill my head up with good stuff before, you know, as a day when it first starts. And so uh, Richard starts out with, I think most of us have, have heard the Mother Teresa quote, that we cannot do great things on this earth. We can only do little things with great love. And uh, isn't that the truth though? You know, I think sometimes we just feel like, you know, the people who are in the Peace Corps and God love them. I mean, we need that too. We're not saying that's you know not good. Obviously that's great. And doing all kinds of mission work or doing all kinds of, um, everything work doesn't have to be mission work, teaching. I mean, just, it doesn't have to be any of that either. I, I think I've said a story before when, uh, with our very first mortgage that my husband and I got when we were younger, the young man who who did, oh my god talk about making a difference it's a whole big story I don't want to get into but we had four little four of the five little kids at the time and I was at home blah, 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 and it wasn't looking good and we didn't have anywhere to go and and he really moved the sun and its planets to get us in there so you can you can you know certainly do great things at a small level no matter what your occupation is even if even, even if it's even involved with your occupation so anyway. A little bit of a tangent there. Okay, so Mother Teresa once said, we cannot do great things on this earth. We can only do little things with great love. True right there. And that mortgage thing was nothing nothing short of a miracle, if you knew the details. This is like That was 30, I don't even know how many years ago that was. I think it was 1997, whatever the math on that is. Okay, so then Richard Carlson goes on to say, Sometimes our grandiose plans to do great things at some later time interfere with our chances to do the little things right now. You know, I just want to stay with that for a minute because I think that's an all too common mindset. You know, later when things loosen up for me in my later years, once I'm done with this, this, that, this, and raising children and running a business, and then I can find it. I'm going to go do something humanitarian. And, you know, and hopefully that's, you know, true for you, but I'm a big fan of not putting things off in life in general. I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds cheesy to say, right. But you know, whoever that was that said that at the first time that with every minute, like it's, you know, um, like it's your last, because one day you'll be right. You know, and I feel like that was Malachi McCourt that said that I could be wrong, but brother of Frank McCourt who wrote Angela's ashes, that famous book was so good about his experiences in Ireland. Anyway, I think it was Malachi McCourt. Um, you know, one day you'll be right. Isn't that the truth, right? So it's, for me, there's no better time than right now. You don't put off the I love yous. Don't put off the anything. Don't put off having fun. Just, you know, I'm not saying live recklessly either, but you know, each and every day, you got to do something that makes your heart sing and definitely don't don't hold back the good stuff. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm sorry. You know, all of that. And as far as the the, the conscious acts of kindness and a lot of times, it's you hear random acts of kindness. As a person, I don't believe anything is random. I think there's a kind of a great scheme of things, I guess. So that's just you know kind of my opinion. I also just like the word. I like the word conscious because that means we intended. It's on purpose. In this moment, we are choosing it. We are choosing to do something nice for another human being. I kind of that has a whole idea. It just has a nice ring to it. So then, uh, Richard goes on to say, a friend once told me. I want my life to be about service, but I can't do anything yet. Someday when I'm really successful, I'll do lots of things for others. Kind of like we were just saying this, you know, just, and then it's, all that is, is an intention. It's not, intention's important. We've talked a lot about that in episodes, but intention without follow through that in 450, will get you a Red Bull. I mean, it just isn't worth anything. So then Richard continues. He says, meanwhile, there are hungry people in the streets, elderly people who could use some company, Mothers who need help with their children, people who can't read, neighbors whose homes need paint, streets with litter, people who need to be listened to, and thousands and thousands of other little things that need to be done. I mean, that's just it. There's stuff everywhere to be done. And whenever I, I think I've, I've spoken with, with uh, you previously, that I have a routine in the morning. It doesn't take very long. You know, I do have a prayer life. I start out with that. And I'm out in the woods with Giovanni. And then um, or whatever that looks like for you, universe, source, higher power, whatever. And I do that little routine after my gratitude journal. That's that's first, which is also a form of meditation in a sense. And out, out in the woods I go if it's anything but big 10-pound drops. And then I my whole thing I, I do, you know, how can I be of service today? It doesn't have to be religious at all. It's just human beings doing good things for other human beings. And then I set my intention last. Um, but really, you know, throwing that out there when I, when I say, how can I be of service today? I think I've mentioned this before. We're not talking Peace Corps. Again, it, it's, it, it's, it's something. And whenever I ask, inevitably, something, someone's a circumstance, just land. It comes to me. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. And it's not huge. It's all doable. You know, somebody just comes by my office. They might need to borrow something. I usually have candy on my desk. They might say, you know, I'm really having a sugar low. And, you know, it, it can be something just so ridiculously small. Um, one time somebody came by and they didn't have a gratitude drama. I'm going to go buy one. I just happened to have an extra one. And there you go. I mean, it can be the smallest of things and we can be out in the world and, you know, somebody struggling to covering, to carry something heavier or whatever like that, or it's words. I remember once I was in the waiting room with our, our now 31 year old and he was, I think nine or 10 getting his tonsils out and we were waiting and that's a quick procedure, thankfully. And there was a young mother in there, um, like new, new, new mother, whose bait, like like one year old was in there for some procedure. Not anything like threatening, but she she told me what what it was and I forgot. But it was a procedure, it was another small thing. Um, but she was really, really kind of ha- having a very hard time holding it together. And anybody would be nervous, not saying that. But I was a little bit further down the road, maybe about t- to nine years or you know, down the road. He might have been, I think Ryan might have been ten. And I didn't and I, I didn't really give her a lot of advice it was just listening and letting her talk about her nervousness and she got closer and closer to me just kind of shifted her body and 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 I was just sort of like a distraction I told her some funny stories some funny young mother stories and before you knew it the 25 or 30 minutes was over for both of us and that you couldn't have planned that better I was nervous too so she kind of helped me but but she and then I saw I saw this older woman from across. She was sitting a few chairs down, just smile at me with this smile and nod, like way to go kind of thing. I didn't plan any of it. it just rolled out of me. But that was a way to be of service. And again, she helped me too. So it can be just all kinds of things that are really seemingly small, but maybe not so small to somebody else. So Richard goes on and he says, Mother Teresa was right. We can't change the world, but... To make the world a brighter place, we don't need to. We don't need to take it on all ourselves, right? We can just we're all little grains of sand on a really huge, infinite beach, right? So if my little grain of sand had that twenty five minute, you know, talk, I was mostly listening actually, with a woman, it made a gigantic difference in her day or I'm sure we've all had circumstances like that. And the other way around when it's us, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, cause I spent so much of my life being lost though. I don't look at it as a, as a downer. I, it's all, I've been met the coolest strangers being lost actually. And it's just when, I mean, it, it was like the amazing race when I was in Madrid last summer, you know, I was constantly, I had like 35 seconds to get to the, the plane, train or automobile. And I was just, oh my gosh, it was just hard to navigate. Very friendly people. And this, this last time get the last leg, which was actually to get home here to the States. I just said like, oh, help, 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 help. I can't miss this plane. I'll have to stay overnight. There are worse things being stranded in Madrid. I don't mean that. But I mean, I just was done and I had a great trip and I want to go home. All of a sudden, out of, you know, everybody all around me, there was this couple. One of them had a t-shirt that just gave me a clue, but they were from Maryland and they were on my flight and they were confused too. And then we did it together. And just, I mean, things like that just happen all the time. And man, did that make a change for me because I literally, we were literally running. So if I would have had three more minutes of hesitation, and asking that would have been it right so that made that nice couple staying staying with me letting me tag along was uh, enormously helpful so then um richard says all we really have to do is focus on those little acts of kindness things we can do right now my favorite ways to be of service are to develop my own helping rituals and to practice random acts of kindness He says, almost always little things that give me enormous satisfaction and peace of mind. It's interesting because we're doing this. I'm doing this with my Minecrafters on Thursday. I'm going to show them a TED Talk. And I didn't actually did not plan to share this with all of you. It wasn't, I wasn't not sharing. It just kind of came into my head. That's what I'm saying. Mark Kelly. It's a TEDx talk from, TEDx talk from Ireland. It's only like six minutes long. He, oh my gosh it was so cool he was talking about riding his bike to work back and forth back and forth back and forth constantly seeing a couple of the same homeless people back and forth back and forth back and forth one day he decided to stop and he said what would you like and the man said oh just a coffee with two sugars please two sugars and cream he said okay and he said he couldn't believe you know he heard he, his idea was just to help the man he said he got to work and I just I felt so good he said, it's all over a cup of coffee. He said, I felt great the whole rest of the day, only for a cup of coffee. So he came up with a new idea, and he went to, uh, I don't know, the Irish version of Walmart. I, I forget the name of the store. And he got things that he could tell people need. I think he might have asked the man, actually. And it was socks, something else, and toothpaste. So he put a bunch of Ziploc bags together with socks and toothpaste and whatever the other thing was. And he kept them in his backpack on his way to work. And he, he would—you know, when he saw somebody clearly in need of this, he just stopped on the way in. And he, there was one man, a different man than the coffee guy, who had socks on, but they were toeless socks. like He said, like, you'd have them if you just came out of surgery. And he handed them to the man. He immediately took the, the black socks out of the bag and put them on. And he said, I just kept feeling good. He said, I feel selfish. I'm doing I'm doing these nice things for people that aren't, don't take much. They don't take much money, much effort, much anything. And he said he felt selfish because he felt so good. And so that ended up turning into, he went into work. At, uh, I think he worked at a rather, it sounded like he worked at a rather smaller place. And the people at his work, were, he was kind of sharing things and sharing things. And it went, ended up like kind of rippling through the whole office where they all started doing kind of a pay it forward situation. With their own uh, co-workers, and so, oh my gosh! I mean, think of the conscious acts of kindness. It doesn't take much, and we do get a dopamine fix. I mean, if we just hold the door, door open for someone, and perhaps that's the brain's way, or I'm saying, well, let's just say, like the universe, God, sources way, higher powers way, of keeping us doing nice things for people. And that man who did the TED talk, the young man Mark Kelly, said when he his his worker his uh, co-workers kept asking, him, he said, "No, it's really quite selfish." Because I feel so good. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. It came right in my head. Okay, so Richard continues. "Um, Okay, almost always little things that give me enormous satisfaction and peace of mind. That's where we left off. Often the most appreciated acts of kindness aren't the million-dollar grants from giant corporations, but the one-hour volunteer work in a home for the elderly or a $5 gift from someone who can't afford anything at all. Very similar to the story I just shared about the young Irish fellow um, with the socks. I mean, gosh, I mean, this does not take much, right? And then Richard winds up, he says, if we focus on how little difference our acts of kindness really make in the scheme of things, well, surely we'll end up, you know, frustrated. We'll probably use our hopelessness as an excuse to do nothing. Using our hopelessness, frustration, right, to use it to as an excuse to not do anything at all. Well, that's not the idea here. The idea is that it's dominoes. It's, and actually, my license plates are paying it forward, by the way. Um, oh, that has me another stray brain cell. I'm thinking I'm having a very much a fast mind club day today. One fun thing that I do now, my kids do it too, even when I'm not with them, because it's just stay with them. My husband now does it too, and I'm not with him. When we go down from Vermont to Boston, because not all toll roads are like this, because uh, sometimes it depends on where you're coming from, whatever, so you can't guess it. But the one when you cross from New Hampshire into Boston, is a dollar each way. That's it, period. It's a flat dollar. So when I go through, I pay for myself and the car behind me. Even if there is no car behind me, eventually there will be, right? And the, the, the toll people, 100% of the time, will smile and say something really nice. Sometimes it's just thank you. Sometimes it's, they'll say something like a one-liner. They'll just say, God bless you. Or they might say, how nice and good for you. I, I don't know, whatever. And so, and then I go through the toll. It's like six lanes. It's you know, And we go through the toll. And I just do it to have fun. It's good karma, whatever. I would say two thirds of the time, if there's a car right if there's a car right behind me, they'll really step on the gas to try to come alongside me, and they all wave and honk and everything. And it's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. And there's one last story I'm going to share because um, that also just came into my mind, which is just means that this is just all, the whole talk is just authentic, and it, it's the universe talking right through me. Once going through that exact toll, I was headed back to Vermont. So I was at the New Hampshire rest area. I just paid the dollar for myself and the person behind me, having no idea who that was. I pulled into the rest area to get a snack and everything like that. And a woman pulled up next to me in, uh, in, a, in an old Volvo. And she said, can I give you a hug? And I, I, I didn't put it together right away. And she said, aren't you the one who paid the dollar in front of me? So I'm getting choked up just like, like we live in this. And I said, yes. And she said something. She said something. I'm going to paraphrase. It was like probably 10 years ago. She said, I just, you've just, um, you know, instilled faith again in the human in human beings for me. She said, I've just gone through the worst breakup with my husband of like 25 years or something. And and she said, I don't want to give you all the details, but it was just horrible. My heart was broken and I've lost everything. And uh, even though this is just a dollar. You have no idea how much this lifted my spirits. And she gave me this huge embracing hug and, and then got in her car and left. And of course, I've never seen her again. But we just, we never know because people aren't going to tell us what we do for them on the other end and the timing of it, you know? And so I just thought I would share that with you. And then lastly, Richard says, uh, if, however, we take great care in doing something, anything, we will feel the joy of giving we will sorry, we will feel the joy of giving and will help to make our world just a little bit brighter. Okay. Awesome. Conscious acts of kindness. You can do one a week, you're doing well. You do one a day, you're my hero, okay? One a week, let's strive for it. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off in the beautiful, beautiful Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.